Starting from today, December 4th of 2023, until January 2nd of 2024, college football players can enter their name into the transfer portal, pursuing offers from other schools, looking at different options, and in all likelihood, finding a new home. Although sometimes players who enter their name in the transfer portal come back to the school where they originally were going to transfer out of. But Kyle McCord and nine other Buckeyes, including Julian Fleming, have entered their names into the transfer portal as of today, per 24-7 sports. And I don't think that these players are going to be coming back. And some players enter their name into the portal to pursue bigger and better opportunities to climb the hierarchy of college sports. Tyler Harrell did this transferring from Louisville to Alabama a few years ago. Oluoluotimi did this transferring from Virginia to Michigan. Drake Nugent did this transferring from Stanford to Michigan. And Davison Igbenosan did this transferring from Ole Miss to Ohio State. Ohio State is as good as it gets, a blue blood program that is competing for the Big Ten title, national title, the college football playoffs, and competing for which school has the most NFL draft prospects in a given season. They're the best of the best. These players are likely going to play at lower level schools and inferior rosters. So I think there's a little bit of weeding out going on. And I'm not going to be sounding the alarms for Ohio State because this is a great program. But 2024, 2024 is a serious year for Ryan Day in the Ohio State football program. I'll leave it at that. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's College Football with Sam. If you want to get more Ohio State football content and also updates on the transfer portal when critical news like Ohio State starting quarterback Kyle McCord entering the portal hits, Please subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when transfer portal news or recruiting news drops. Now that the regular season is over and we're moving into the postseason, then quickly after that, the preseason of 2024, recruiting news and transfer portal news will not exactly be commonplace, but it will be popping up here and there. I also will be talking about Ohio State's bowl game against Missouri in several videos, and when the 2024 preseason hits, you bet there will be way too early rankings, preseason predictions, etc. If you want to gain access to some bonus content and also support the channel, check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the pinned comment. And also like this video and comment your thoughts on Kyle McCord leaving down below. Zach Smith was talking on his podcast about Kyle McCord leaving and how he thinks it's really a blessing for Ohio State, and also a mutual benefit to Kyle McCord. I don't exactly know if I agree with that 100%, but I'm more inclined to agree with that than not. Because Kyle McCord is, and this is just being honest here, I've defended him. I've said that he's a good quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback. He's a great quarterback, and he is. But those things are disappointing when looking at Ohio State quarterbacks under Ryan Day. C.J. Stroud, elite quarterback. Justin Fields, elite quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, elite quarterback. I'd say a tier below Fields and Stroud, but those are generational players, and Haskins was still an elite college quarterback. J.T. Barrett, 
great near elite quarterback, especially when you factor in the athleticism. A- athletic quarterbacks open up a whole different dynamic in the game. And his passer statistics on the surface are identical to McCord's, plus you have that athletic ability. I would take JT Barrett over Kyle McCord any day of the week. Same with Haskins, same with Fields, and same with Stroud. Kyle McCord is a good quarterback. But if, let's say, C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields was the quarterback of this team, all else constant, they're probably 13-0. They probably are the one seed playing Alabama in the Rose Bowl. 1v4, the inverse of the 2014 Sugar Bowl when Alabama was one and Ohio State is four, to close out the 14 playoff. That would have been poetic. But alas, C.J. Stroud did not return despite him obviously considering returning for this season, and therefore a much-improved Jim Knowles defense and a generational wide receiver core, and a healthier running back room with Travion Henderson, and a great tight end in Cade Stover, and potentially a underutilized or undertrained interior offensive line that I thought was disappointing this season, might go to waste. Well, for this year, it goes to waste. I said might because a college football season is just a college football season, and there are always winners, there are always losers. Ohio State can't always be the winner. But 2024 is a big season, because if Kyle McCord goes to another school, and he is balling, and whoever's starting, whether it's Devin Brown, Lincoln Kineholz, or maybe Cameron Ward comes to Ohio State, maybe Will Howard, maybe Malik Murphy, maybe Ohio State gets someone else, another quarterback from the transfer portal. Who knows? And that player, that quarterback, and the team still don't beat Michigan. They perform about to the same level that this year's Ohio State offense did. Then there's going to be a lot of people looking at Ryan Day. And Ryan Day's already under competitive pressure. So McCord leaving is big-time news. It signifies change at the quarterback position. It'll be probably Devin Brown that starts in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri, a game that I think will be entertaining. The line for that game is Ohio State, I think minus two and a half right now. And Missouri could totally win that game. That's for another day, but when you have likely Marvin Harrison Jr. opting out, Fleming's transferring away, Emeka Egbuka is going to opt out, we could see offensive linemen opt out, Stover might opt out, Henderson could opt out, McCord is gone. That's more than half of your starting offense. And then defensively, we have Tui Moalau, we have Tyleek Williams, we have Michael Hall Jr., we have Jack Sawyer, we have Tommy Eichenberg, we have Denzel Burke, we have Josh Proctor. We have several players who are draft eligible beyond round seven, round six, or getting a fall camp invite or getting priority free agency. And I look at Ohio State's team And they're a deep team, but transfers always signify change. And transfers, it's a scholarship player leaving. you got to plug in another scholarship player. Whether you recruit an insanely large high school class, or you go out in the portal and get other players, which I'd say both 
are advisable, getting a large filling high school class full of players that you can develop, highly talented players and some diamonds in the rough, and then using the portal for needs that you can't get immediately out of high school. I think Cameron Ward would be a good fit at quarterback for Ohio State, and I think Devin Brown could be a good fit. I think Kineholz could be a good fit. Air Noland, you know, you typically don't start true freshmen, and he probably won't start, but Ohio State's quarterback room is still going to be, by high school recruiting, one of the more talented quarterback rooms in the country, even with McCord's departure. I just find this very interesting, because McCord was slated to be the guy. Ryan Day backed him up. The fan base obviously protested him and his performance, and that's understandable. But part of that is because McCord didn't play up to the standard, and also because the standard perhaps was unrealistic. You can't have a C.J. Stroud every year. You can't do it. That's impossible. Even Alabama or even Oregon under Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich and these schools and these teams or Urban Meyer at Florida or Ohio State, you don't get perfect quarterback play every game and every season. But I think that Ohio State can do better than what they had in Kyle McCord. They can't, again, have C.J. Stroud-level play every season, but they can do better. And I think McCord left because he didn't get a guarantee that he was going to start. He knew there was going to be competition. And there needs to be competition because McCord, you look at him statistically, he's 8th in QBR. Part of that is his system. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. Top 20, top 15, top 25, probably. A 161.6 passer rating, an 83.7 QBR. Those are both worse than Stroud's in 2021 and 2022, and worse than Justin Fields in 2019 and 2020. He also has negative 65 rushing yards and 32 carries. He got sacked 16 times in 12 games, about one and a quarter sacks per game. So his offensive line also regressed. And McCord is a player where I think that if he stuck around, was willing to engage in competition, with his talents, he could have become a much better quarterback next season. I was expecting him to stay around, there to be a competition, maybe for him to transfer out in the second transfer portal window, but for him to at least see if he could be named the starter. He didn't even wait. His career statistics are 270 completions for 406 passing attempts. He's completed 66.5% of his passes. He's passed for 3,776 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. He was a 5-star recruit out of Pennsylvania, and he committed to Ohio State over Penn State. I'll never forget him talking about being on a Penn State recruiting visit, and this was to the 2018 Penn State-Ohio State game, and him watching how Ohio State played in that game, how they fought through and came out with a one-point win, convinced him that he should explore his options and he should look at Ohio State. And at the time, he didn't even have an Ohio State offer, but becomes a five-star in the 2021 recruiting class, and he commits to Ohio State along with five-star quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who reclassified from 2022 to 2021. I still don't know exactly why Ewers did that. It was probably just to get an NIL deal and some money, or maybe he thought he could come out of the gate and start. I don't know exactly why he did that, but he did. 
I think that some good fits for Kyle McCord. I know I've been talking about him already quite a bit for a few minutes, but I think Nebraska or Wisconsin would be great Big Ten options. And Pittsburgh and Oklahoma State are other options that intrigue me. Alan Bowman no longer has any eligibility left. He could go to Oklahoma State. He will immediately be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma State. Pittsburgh, they're in desperate need of a quarterback. Those are two schools who I think are in desperate need of a quarterback. And if they have good quarterback play along with their, I would say, good coaching, I think Pat Narduzzi and Mike Gundy are above average, good, maybe great coaches, especially in the case of Mike Gundy. A good quarterback could do those schools a lot, and it could help Kyle McCord's draft stock, in my mind, if he goes and resurrects resurrects Pittsburgh from what was a disaster season this year, or he plays a lot better than Alan Bowman did. And Oklahoma State, I don't know how much they return, but I think Ollie Gordon can and likely will come back, though I'm not certain on that. I don't know his eligibility. Maybe Oklahoma State can finally win a Big 12 title next season for the first time since 2012, and McCord can work those Big 12 defenses and work the ACC defenses. For the Big 10, Tanner Mordecai is gone. This is his last season of eligibility. He'll play in the bowl game. Then he'll probably play in the Senior Bowl, or at least try to. Wisconsin has a good offensive line. Wisconsin wants to run an air raid, an air raid that includes running the football, and they'd probably prefer a more athletic quarterback than McCord. But McCord is a game manager. McCord is a better quarterback than Tanner Mordecai. And most of Wisconsin's receivers... I think, have eligibility left. I don't know if they return. Again, I'm not a 100% expert on every roster, but Wisconsin does have better receiving talent than they have had in the past under Paul Christ. Phil Longo is a genius on offense, and I think that McCord would fit well in Wisconsin. Or Nebraska. Again, you probably want a more athletic quarterback at Nebraska than McCord, but That would be a big upgrade from Chubba Purdy or Jeff Sims or Heinrich Harburg to Kyle McCord. That would be a massive upgrade for Nebraska. And if Nebraska's offensive line improves, Emmett Johnson is going to be coming back. Same with Gabe Urban and Ramir Johnson. So you have a strong run game that doesn't require an athletic quarterback to diversify the run game in lieu of a bad offensive line. And Nebraska upgrades its wide receiver room, which with Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda returning next season healthy and some of the the true freshman receivers like Malachi Coleman gaining maturity that I think that'd be a good fit too he has the talent McCord does is it generational no his arm strength and accuracy need work but he would be an upgrade over most college quarterbacks he would just look at Michigan before J.J. McCarthy came on in 2022 This year's Kyle McCord would have been an upgrade over Cade McNamara in 2021 for Michigan, or over Joe Milton slash Cade McNamara in 2020, and over every Michigan quarterback the year before those, or the years before those, pardon me. And in the modern era of college football, he would be a better quarterback than any active QB in the Big Ten, except for J.J. McCarthy go over to the ACC, he would be better than most QBs there. 
go to the Big 12, and he probably could do what Dylan Gabriel is doing at Oklahoma, and he would be better than Alan Bowman for sure. Wouldn't be as good as Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean in my mind. Could probably do what Will Howard did, albeit with less athleticism. Wouldn't be as good as Quinn Ewers. You go into the SEC, and there would be some trouble there, but he'd be better than K.J. Jefferson, Peyton Thorne, Graham Mertz in my mind. Joe Milton, better for sure. Better than Spencer Rattler. So, Kyle McCord's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback, or maybe he's just an above-average quarterback, but I think that is him at his worst. The problem is Ohio State traditionally has better quarterback play, and they need better quarterback play because of how they're built right now and because better quarterback play helps. When you have an elite quarterback, all things are possible. Just look at Georgia and Ohio State playing in the Peach Bowl and C.J. Stroud having his best performance of his collegiate career and nearly bringing a national title to Ryan Day and to Columbus, Ohio, despite losing to Michigan that season. Julian Fleming also entered his name in the portal, and I won't spend as much time on him, but Fleming is rated as a 92 overall player, according to 24-7 Sports. Kyle McCord, by comparison, is rated a 91 overall Fleming in his career has 963 yards receiving, seven receiving touchdowns, 79 receptions. He's averaging 12.2 yards per reception. He was a five-star recruit from Penn State or from Pennsylvania, and his family really wanted him to go to Penn State. That's why I mentioned Penn State instead of Pennsylvania, and he grew up very close to campus, and he also took some visits to Clemson. He was entertained by multiple schools. He was part of the same class of Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Smith and Jigba is now with the Seattle Seahawks, has a few hundred receiving yards. Julian Fleming threw several injuries, and I think some mismanaged development perhaps is not currently a day one or day two pick. And with Carnell Tate on the rise with Noah Rogers, with Bryson Rogers, with Brandon Innes, with Jaden Ballard, and receivers who can overtake him despite having more youth and who at this point have a higher upside and ceiling than Fleming does. Fleming wants to go somewhere where he can have a 1,000-yard season, where he can be guaranteed wide receiver number one or number two but preferably number one. Clemson and Penn State, the former schools that he was looking at outside of Ohio State, they would take him. Fleming would be receiver number one at Clemson. And Penn State, close to home, they're in desperate need, desperate need of a wide receiver one there. Penn State's receivers this season were, were their potentially worst in the entire James Franklin era were horrific outside of Keandre Lambert-Smith. It's part of the reason why Drew Aller didn't play well. I mean, Drew Aller wasn't coached well, he wasn't developed well, and I'm not excusing his poor play entirely. However, he didn't have a lot of receiver help. His two best receivers were arguably his tight ends, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, and maybe Keandre Lambert-Smith. Fleming would be an upgrade, I think, over any 
of those options, just in general. I think Tyler Warren is a very good, a great red zone target, great possession tight end. But Fleming gives you more of a deep threat because just only having tight ends as your receiving weapons don't allow you to delve into the deep passing game. They don't. I think Fleming at Penn State would be perfect. He'd be wide receiver one there, and most schools would want him as a starting wide receiver. He would be a starter in Michigan's wide receiver core. I'll tell you that. He'd be used more by Michigan because they don't have an Emeka Igbuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. Anywhere else in the Big Ten, he'd be a starting wide receiver with more playing time and more receptions. Same for the ACC. Same with the SEC. Big, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, it's a little different story because the Pac-12 has, you have Oregon, you have USC, you have Washington, you have schools that, heck, even Oregon State, you have schools that have awesome wide receiver cores. Not every conference has a plethora of schools with elite wide receiver cores, the Pac-12 being one of those conferences right now. There have been times where the SEC has had that, like Alabama and LSU, in 2019, or LSU this season with Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. Georgia right now could use Julian Fleming with how banged up their receiver core was. They could have used Julian Fleming against Alabama, and maybe he would have been a game changer there. So I look at Fleming transferring out, and just like McCord, is it going to be a massive loss for Ohio State? Probably not. But Fleming had an extra year of eligibility. And with Emeka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. leaving, that's another crack at finally having a breakout season with the Buckeyes. And Fleming last season had over 500 receiving yards, and he had six receiving touchdowns, and he was, I think, finally getting in the groove. And Jaden Ballard, Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, Bryson Rogers, Noah Rogers, a lot of these true freshmen who look next year will probably be super good, but you do have that experience edge on them. And it's not like Julian Fleming is a horrible wide receiver. He's a great wide receiver. But again, it's Ohio State, and you can't just be great. You have to be elite. So those are the two transfers that really stuck out to me. I want to talk briefly about Ohio State's transfer needs. Number one, I think they at least need one quarterback from the portal. Cameron Ward is an option, but from what I've heard, it sounds like he might be pursuing other schools, but he's officially in the portal. That's no longer a rumor. I think he'd fit really well with Ohio State. Ryan Day is a great schemer, a great developer. I think Day needs to hire an offensive coordinator who's also a great schemer so that he can focus on the CEO aspect and not be stretched so thin, but I don't know if Ryan Day will do that. He said he was going to delegate play calling duties this season and he couldn't because at the end of the day it was going to require growing pains from Brian Hartline who's never called plays before and I don't think Ryan Day could necessarily stand that and that's understandable given how this offense just doesn't have x-factor players at every position like the previous two offenses did and Ohio State played Notre Dame in the first third of the season. They played Penn State in the second third of the season, and they played Michigan in the final third of the season. So I think quarterback is a need. I think it'll help Ryan Day. I think it'll help the offense. I think it will relieve stress from the staff. 
Evan Pryor jumped into the portal, but I doubt that Day will pursue a running back from there because you have Mayan Williams and you have Chip Trainum, who have extra years of eligibility, and you have Dallin Hayden, and Dallin Hayden is a future NFL running back, and Travion Henderson could return. Remember, he didn't hit 1,000 rushing yards this season, and whether it's a breakout performance in a bowl game or a great Doak Walker award-winning season next year, that could help his draft stock. I don't know if Henderson is a first-round pick right now. I don't, or potentially a second-round pick just because of the status of his health and the fact that every season statistically after his true freshman season in 2021 hasn't been it hasn't been as good so he could benefit from another year of coming back and I think that's why Evan Pryor transferred out he's buried behind the depth chart and Dallin Hayden and Chip Trainum and Mayan Williams would be ahead of him as it is next season and if Henderson comes back you're running back number five so you need to get your name back out there and you're probably not going to come up the depth chart unless injuries happen and you greatly take steps forward. And with a deep wide receiver room and I think a tight end room with, you know, G. Scott Jr. and Jelani Thurman, I don't know if Ohio State will pursue transfers to fill their wide receiver or tight end room. They could, and maybe they should, but I don't know if they will. However, I do think they need portal help at offensive line because Donovan Jackson, Matthew Jones, I think are gone and I think depth there would help at offensive line Simmons and Fryer at tackle will improve and Carson Hinsman being a redshirt freshman he did admirably there so he'll improve but maybe you want to get extra depth at offensive line to compensate for some of the recruiting and some of the poor performance that has occurred over the past season or seasons plural I think it's more likely Ohio State goes to the transfer portal for offensive line and quarterback than running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Defensively, I don't know which positions will be filled. I don't know what positions need to be filled. I know Cameron Martinez entered the portal. Kai Stokes entered the portal. I know that Ryan Turner entered the portal. And I think, gosh, I for. I forget. I know Reed Carrico entered the portal. Jermaine Matthews Jr. entered the portal. No, he didn't enter the portal, but someone else did. A Jair Brown. I think Jair Brown, backup corner behind Davis and Igbenosin. I think he entered the portal. And that was one that confused me. It isn't listed by 24-7 Sports that he did enter the portal. Maybe he withdrew his name. It was misreported. It was a rumor. Or maybe they just haven't updated yet. But there are going to be more outgoing transfers from Ohio State. I can tell you that right now. Last year, at this time, there were far less than 10 outgoing transfers. There's going to be more outgoing transfers from Ohio State than ever before. It's not saying the program's falling apart. This is just the new era of college football. And there's a questioning of Ohio State's football program right now, probably internally. Three losses in a row to Michigan. Not appearing in the Big Ten Championship game three times in a row. Not winning the national title three times in a row. Only one playoff appearance in the last three seasons. That's questioning the identity of a team that year in, 
year out, at least won the Big Ten or went to the playoff, or at least under Urban Meyer, won a national championship. And just four seasons ago, counting this season, in 2020, Ohio State competed for a national championship. They played in the national championship game and won a playoff game. So if you don't think that shakes the confidence of the players, the staff, that's going to cause some shakeup, not just on the staff. There might be staff changes, and I think there will be staff changes made this season, probably after the bowl game, immediately following the bowl game, or maybe in the following week or so. I don't know exactly what those will be. But there will also be roster changes. There will probably be players who are told or encouraged, or they know, despite the coaches not communicating yet, that their time is up or it effectively will be up unless they radically improve or they make changes. I did not expect the loss of Kyle McCord, and his departure makes the Cotton Bowl critical because now this is going to be this is going to be Devin Brown or Lincoln Kinehole's auditioning. This is going to be their job interview. We are going to see likely Devin Brown, but I'm just going to say them just because I imagine Kinehole's will get some snaps. You will see Ohio State and this offense that will be gutted, likely, from players opting out, though I don't know for sure how many or if any will opt out, play against a Missouri team that knows how to win in close games, whose two losses are to LSU, who has a generational offense that might be more efficient and superior to their 2019 offense, and another loss to a Georgia team that is 12-1, that's top six, that arguably by power rankings is probably top four. Missouri's a top 10, top 15 at worst team. And it's a neutral field. And Missouri Missouri is going to be, I think, more motivated to win this game than Ohio State. Because for Ohio State reaching the Cotton Bowl is a disappointment. For Missouri reaching the Cotton Bowl, this is their first New Year's Six Bowl appearance in more than a decade. And Eli Drinkwitz is going to want to pick up that 11th win, is going to want to pick up a top 10 win. Him beating Ohio State would be a massive win, and Missouri already has a decent recruiting class, a small one, but a very high-quality one. So Missouri's going to be motivated, and Ohio State, they're going to be experimenting. And I think the team, and I especially think the starting quarterback, because it'll be a job opening, will be motivated. And with all the starting wide receivers departing, next year's receiver room needs to step up big time. They need to, because there's a ton of production, more than ever, that's departing. In 2022, Alave and Wilson left after 2021, but in 2022, Smith and Jigba came back. He was injured, yes, but he came back, and Marvin Harrison Jr. showed out in the bowl game. And in 2023, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, and Fleming all came back. And this year's receiver room, despite all the production returning, was not the same as last year's receiver room or the 2021 receiver room. That was a prediction that I missed on and I got wrong, as I thought the receivers this year would be better. Probably not used as much due to a drop-off at quarterback, but that they would be better. And they weren't. They were objectively, on average, worse than the 2022 and 2021 receivers. It would be great to see Carnell Tate or Brandon Innes or Noah Rogers or one of the true freshman receivers step up and have a massive Cotton Bowl because then we'll likely know 
who that alpha receiver is going to be next season. Those are just my thoughts on the transfer portal news surrounding Ohio State football. Again, subscribe and hit the notification bell if you want to get notified about more Ohio State football news. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for sponsoring this video as Heisman patrons. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Snowy DLC, and SFS Inverter for being All-American patrons. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference patrons. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.